Hi, you're listening to The Whole Podcast with Becky Alcantar. And this season, we are talking about marriage. Do you remember your marriage vows? Every ceremony, depending on your faith background, probably went something like this. I take you to be my lawfully wedded spouse, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part. According to God's holy ordinance, I pledge thee my faith. And in each episode, we'll be breaking down each portion of these vows with our guests. And today we are talking about in sickness and in health. Our guests today are Nick and Tara Verha. Hi guys, introduce yourselves. Hello, well, I am Tara. And I'm Nick. <laughs> Tell us about your story. I think the the most interesting part of having any of our guests on are uh, what is the moment in your life? What was the moment that you know you knew that this was the person for you? That they had a character or quality that you were like, this is my forever person. Sure. Uh, so we met. Oh gosh. Uh, 15 years ago. And <laughs> um, I had a count this morning. It adds I'm up, honest. right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> math. Um, so we met 15 years ago. Um, I was home from college uh, between my freshman and sophomore year. So um, we, our first two years of our relationship were long distance. So I was going to school in Minnesota mm-hmm. um, and he was still living here in Green Bay. So we did the long distance thing before like FaceTime and all uh. that. So <laughs> it's, you know. But was, after long distance raids? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Three nights and weekends. <laughs> so, And how did you know that he was a person for you? I think with that long distance relationship, mm-hmm. our friendship grew before like the relationship part did. Yeah. Um, so going into it with that basis of having a really good, good friend, like your best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think for me, that was the key part. Like I, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with my best friend, not with, you know, just somebody. So good. Yeah. So good. How about you, Nick? You make me follow that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I met her, it was just different. Um, I don't know exactly what, but it was different than anything I've ever felt before. And mm-hmm. then, um, as Tara mentioned, the two years of long distance um, built that trust. Yeah. Um, I'm a person that mm-hmm. trust is a hard thing for me. And just the fact that we're able to get through that, mm-hmm. um, that kind of solidified everything for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, friendship is the foundation of any good marriage, really, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what you experience or or when the initial endorphins uh, and dopamine like wear off of mm-hmm. all the excitement is what is it that you dedicated yourself for the rest of your life? And have we had those conversations about, you know, what is it that we believe? What is it we hope for and dream for? What is it that we struggle with? Mm-hmm. Um, and is this person a good support system for yes. me? Yeah, and I, 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 we have uh, our guests here today because um, when I thought of the uh, term in sickness and in health, it's it's definitely that something that uh, all of us face at some point. Um, for me uh, and my husband, we uh, face sickness and um, in, in my own story. But uh, the first bout of sickness that we faced together was really when my um, mom became sick and passed away. And it was early on in our marriage and having that challenge and that uh, opportunity to face an obstacle and a difficulty and how we navigate that together really built a strong foundation. Um, In addition to, uh, actually, we had a long distance relationship as well. (laughs) And it was um, when there was still long distance, uh, in effect, (laughs) charges and those bills got really high. So that's when you know someone really loves you. (laughs) How much are they willing to... uh, spend on long distance charges. And we just had a, a good foundation in in talking, uh, but it really wasn't until we faced some of those difficulties that we really formed a bond, that uh, we really understood what it was to have someone uh, beside you, side by side, working toward a common goal, supporting when uh, one of us is weaker or poorer in the relationship 
because of circumstances or because of what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what can really be a challenge is um, when we face life-changing uh, illnesses or injuries uh, that change really how we even defined or thought it was going to look. Maybe the foundation or the the picture that you built when you constructed the stream together. Um, what do you do then? How do you face those things? How does it impact your relationship when the sickness um, and in health is challenged? Where there's sickness more than health for a season. Um, how do you do that? So I just want you guys to just share your story and your experience uh, and that let our audience know what it is that you had to face. Sure. Uh, so in 2017, uh, January 2017, we found out we were expecting our second child mm-hmm. um, and that had come after a period of waiting and trying. And so it was a really exciting moment for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward uh, to, through a few months of me not feeling well at all. Um, I was then diagnosed in March of 2017 with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is cancer of the lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was 13 weeks pregnant when I was diagnosed and mm-hmm. I started chemotherapy two weeks after that. So right at the second trimester. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through uh, six months of chemotherapy while I was pregnant. Uh, had my last treatment on September 1st of 2017, and Scarlett was born on the 7th. Wow. <laughs> so three weeks early. I thought I was going to have a little bit of a break from doctors, <laughs> but she decided to make her appearance. Yeah. And so she was perfectly healthy and just mm-hmm. uh, uh, has been a, a testament to everything that we went through, our little miracle baby. So, mm-hmm. um, so I made it through that. I had a year full of clean tests and scans and lab work. I went back in for my one-year CT scan, and they found that there was some growth in a lymph node again. So in 2019, March of 2019, I was down at Freighter in Milwaukee for a stem cell transplant. So that was a month-long adventure (laughs) Mm. of high-dose chemotherapy that basically wiped out my entire immune system. My stem cells were reintroduced, and then I had to stay there until I had um, white blood cell count again and Mm -hmm. like an immune system where I could fend off anything that I would be exposed to. Um, So, And there was some additional chemotherapy through that process as well. So um, I have since had good scans and lab work um, the last couple of years. So we are... In the right direction. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. I Talk about adversity in um, in a point uh, that we dream about and are joyous about, right? We're like in the moment of our greatest joy, mm-hmm. there's this news. Um, tell me how you handled that. Tell me how you supported each other in that. Initially, <clears throat> um. When I heard that word, it it crushed me. Um, mm. And Tara was the rock at mm. first. Um, yeah, it was just a word nobody ever wants to hear right. um, from the person they love. Right. <clears throat> the you know the the where my mind went when I first heard that word was it was dark. You know, um, there's a lot of what ifs initially, um, but Tara pulled me out of that that dark place, and it became, "What do we do?" Right. We not. She took the ifs out, and it turned to, "How are we going to get through this?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like you're the person that you probably didn't even think you would ever meet that could fulfill and um, meet you in all of the areas of trust, right? (laughs) Would I ever, ever, could I have ever imagined that I would find this person and then to be faced with the possibility of all the what ifs? Yeah. Yeah. it's interesting because I think often people think um, it's the person who is in sickness who would face this dark side. And yet the implications for the person who you've built a life with as one, like there is room for each of you. 
to mourn and address the potential impact of loss that you're having to face today. Mm -hmm. Where did you find the strength to actually stay positive? It's like, how, how did you find the strength to do that, knowing that you needed to mourn as well for what you were facing? Sure. We kind of laughed about this a little bit last night. I'm like, I probably didn't have the healthiest approach to it at the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> um, but, you know, after I got the news, it was honestly, there was a little bit of relief to it. It had been a long two months of me not feeling well at all, being really ill, and a lot of tests and labs and scans and just the unknown. So to have that answer finally to me was a relief. I mean, obviously it wasn't the answer that we wanted, but it was an answer. Mm-hmm. And I had, I'm a planner. Yeah. So for me to be able, like, okay, so now I have this and I can move forward with this and I'm not stuck in this waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, like I said, a, a relief to me. And then I am, like I said, a planner. So it was, okay, well, I know who I'm meeting with as an oncologist. I know what site I'm going to. So I need to call the insurance. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think I just dove into that right. as a really a coping mechanism. For sure. And then I just knew that if I let myself get into the what ifs, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't get out of that or it'd be really difficult to get out of that. Mm-hmm. I just, I know myself well enough to know that if I let those thoughts creep in if I give it even just a little bit of an open door that the enemy is going to take a foothold with that mm. and that yeah. would be bad. So You couldn't I was, allow it. Yeah, I couldn't allow it. So like whatever I had to do to keep my mind busy with other thoughts was what I had to do at yeah. that moment. So. I think you make a great point in that often we say in journey to wholeness that it's knowing that gives you 90% of the freedom. Mm -hmm. Like just the ambiguity of not naming and knowing and expressing and communicating and putting a finger on it can cause more chaos in our life Mm -hmm. than actually knowing. And so for you, I can see the path was, this is the gray area that I was in Mm -hmm. and I'm struggling with because you're feeling it Yes, and how, um, you were going through the same process that Nick actually went through once it was named mm-hmm. because at least you had now a name for it and now you could pursue it and you can make a plan. And for sure, do we cope by getting busy? Yes, but it was um, the action that you could now take because you had been in the ambiguity. Yep. Whereas Nick, once you knew the name of it, <laughs> that's when your ambiguity began. What does this mean? What do I do um, so tell me how you communicated, um, because we're talking about uh, the benefits of marriage here. Would you say that you navigated that well together, um, or did you have some bumps along the way? I would say over well, we navigated it pretty decently. I'm sure that there were bumps where I, it's an emotionally trying time. It was also physically trying for the person going through the treatment. It was exhausting, um, physically draining. Um, so I know I can be cranky when I don't sleep well or I'm tired. So mm-hmm. I'm sure I was short at moments. Um, but I think it ultimately it drew us closer. We took the approach of I had chemo every other Monday and that was our date day. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it was a whole day that we got to spend together though, that we didn't have a little one running around. And right. it was three at the time, um, two, two or three. Yeah. yeah. And so... Like for us to be able to just sit and have a couple hours where we can just have conversations and have lunch together. And it, yeah, it wasn't ideal that I was getting pumped full of chemo, <laughs> but um, just taking what could be a negative or a depressing time frame mm-hmm. and twisting it so that we could uh, have have a benefit from it. Um, so just, I think we did that a lot where we took what could be seen as a negative and tried to find the good in it, to try to find the joy mm. and the hope in it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. you. It's so practical, right? I think um, if we just focus on the problem itself, but if we can focus on what opportunity do we have in this obstacle, mm-hmm. um, it helps us to change our perspective as well as our focus, which I think, and I know uh, from neuroscience, is that you actually needed. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had been focused on the problem solely, it wouldn't have actually directed your cellular self in the right 
direction. And so without probably knowing it, I don't know that you studied and said, hey, this is what we need to do so that I can heal. Right. Um, you're actually um, intent on focusing on the positive to get you through. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that came from the foundation you built or would you say that um, you uh, built that foundation through the process? I would say a little bit of both. Um, I think we had a good foundation, um, but this just reinforced all of it. It um, Failure was not an option. Mm. Um, separation was not an option. It, we were together, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we defined those roles that we each had to play and we did what we had to do yeah. through it. Yeah. I love that you said roles that we had to play. And so give me some practicals. What are some things that you implemented to keep yourselves well in your relationship, but then individually as well? For me, um, I would say my first priority was making sure Tara was getting what she needed. Um, We learned pretty quick what days would be bad, what days she needed her rest, what days she was able to do something. Um, And that's where the balancing act came because I still had the work to make sure, you know, we kept the roof overhead, groceries, Mm -hmm. and obviously the benefits. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'd be on the street pretty quick. Um, so that was a lot of the weight I carried, um, to make sure all that was there Mm -hmm. so that Tara and the kids didn't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so thankfully the company I work for is very understanding. Um, my work schedule got changed quite a bit. I would take off on my normal days and work. I basically worked around Tara's schedule. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I was at the point where I just kind of told them that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this is what it is. Right. Um, there's no other option. Mm-hmm. Um, take it or leave it. And I'm thankfully they took it. Um, so that was kind of my role is once we got rolling was to be kind of that, that rock, that foundation to make sure they didn't have to worry about things. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you guys kind of sat down and said, here is where my focus is going to be. Here is what I'm going to provide. Uh, this is my job uh, for us to get through these things. I think it happened more organically. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of trial and error. We went into it with a very open mind and open communication because obviously we had never gone through that before. I didn't know how I was going to feel. Um, so I didn't know how much I'd be able to keep doing. Uh, so it was a, a learn-as-you-go type of experience. So making sure that, especially for me, that I communicated when I did need help because I would be, I'm having a good day, so I'm just going to, everything that didn't get done this past weekend when I was feeling lousy, I'm going to get it all done today because I'm feeling great. And then that would just set me back like three more days. Mm. Um, so it was learning for me to hand over responsibilities and duties and then and trusting that people would fulfill them mm-hmm. um, and letting go of that it might not be done to the way that I do it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was just a lot of open communication on that. Just here's what's going on. And after a few rounds of treatment, we had a pretty good game plan then. Mm-hmm. We, it was pretty... My response to treatment was pretty standard after that. It was, you could tell, like you could pinpoint it to the day how I was going to be feeling basically. Mm. So that was helpful in coordinating things. Yeah. A situation like this challenges us to actually enter into the points of marriage uh, that we talk about and we know they're present, but we might not necessarily be great at entering into. Um, And some of those are vulnerability intimacy, right? And then emotional and mental support. So talk to me about those three things. How did you see that changing relationship? Um, Was it uncomfortable or was it 
uh, kind of how you said there is no other choice and we have to enter into these things. I think, um, you know, vulnerability can be hard and, you know, I'm having a hard day. I need help in this thing, uh, but also an intimacy that you didn't anticipate. I'm sure you never envisioned having to support your wife physically, right, in the way that you have to when someone is not well. Things that maybe you were like, I'll never let him see me this way. And now you have <laughs> <Sorry>. no choice, <laughs> right? Like, I, I I, know there's things in our marriages that like, you're like, we don't speak of it, right? But there was a moment where someone was not well. I've had those as well, where it's like, I can't believe that that just happened. And yet how that brings a bond uh, in your marriage and really breaks any barrier. So talk to me about those. Like, where did that change in your mind and what has that done for you guys? I guess to keep it family friendly, there's no stones unturned now. Like, there's nothing that's going to surprise us. Um, I mean, I think the audience can use their imagination, but I mean, that's the reality of it. And um now looking back, I mean, it brought us so close because we've done it. Like, there's nothing that's going to surprise me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like seeing each other in our humanity yeah. like fully. Uh, we talk about this often in the garden. There's a scripture where it talks about um, being naked and unashamed. And really like the pinnacle, uh, although it seems like the opposite, the pinnacle of any marriage is when we can get past that point uh, to really be that for each other, which actually brings us the comfort and security and trust that God intended for us in Eden itself. Um, This kind of just clicked, but um, like I've seen her probably at her physically worse, but... In the same respect, she's seen me at my, when I was mentally the worst I've ever been. And getting stripped down to absolutely nothing, and that's that's when we put God back into the center of it. And through him, we came out great. Yeah, yeah. How was it for you, Tara? I know being the person who has had to have humility to accept help in those moments. Yeah. Um, what What did that change for you in your relationship? I think just being vulnerable enough to open up and ask for help. That's always been a, a strong struggle of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing that was a, a big part of it. Um, and then emotionally to opening up and not just, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Like, <laughs> but to open up and be like, no, today is a really bad day. I'm right. like, I'm just not, I'm not feeling good. I'm struggling. Um, and not just having, not putting on the brave face mm-hmm. that you put on for just like the general public. Yeah. Um, to be able to let those walls down um, and open up about that. So. so I have to ask, how does that translate to today? So we do what we need to do in the hard moments. Um, And I want to commend you both because not everyone does what they need to do in those moments, that there's a resistance for whatever it is in our story that hinders us and keeps us from fully being that person for our spouse. And so there's no condemnation, I hope you all hear, but really what is at the root of that for you? Um, What needs to be addressed um, uh, to the audience that... uh, maybe needs to be done so that you can be uh, the type of person that Nick has been or Tara has been for their spouse. Um, but what is that? Um, what does that look like for you today? How has that changed the dynamics? I think like Nick's mentioned that it definitely brought us closer, like just that vulnerability and that emotional support that, you know, we might not have ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something that I feel like we still are pretty open with each other. We have a we can tell when somebody's upset or something's bothering somebody a lot. I like I can tell it easier now with Nick mm-hmm. after going through that just by his like body, um, body language and facial expressions and behavior. I can be like, mm-hmm, yeah, oh sure, everything's fine. Yep, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think that that has helped us and that's carried on. 
Um, and then just like the vulnerability and intimacy stuff. Now it's a, like a really great joke. And like we'll joke about that. We're like, mm-hmm. well, nothing you can do surprises me. I saw that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we went through that. Like, uh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the sense that um, you guys really went through this journey side by side. I, I don't have the sense that you tried to fix it for one another or tried to push either one through the process. Um, explain that to me. Tell me if that's true. I think it's true. I mean, I don't know if I could have gone through it trying to push him through it or dragging him along. Like, I feel like that would have been emotionally exhausting for me yes. on top of everything else that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just like I had said, being open with each other and having that open communication is, was paramount to walking side by side in it and knowing that we're both in it, that it's our cancer journey, not just my cancer journey um, and our family's journey. That was big, like having that be, be ours together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Because there's definitely two sides to it. Um, because... I mean, Tara was going through it on a physical aspect, um, but the mental toll it takes on the family as well. Um, I don't think there's any way one person could do this by themselves with a family. It, <clears throat> you would probably say there's going to be a lot of journey going through that mm-hmm. to get out of it. Um but it, there's no way we could have done it if we weren't mm-hmm. side by side working together, mm-hmm. not yeah. opposite. Yeah, absolutely. I I think um, I just love the nature of your story in the side by side, which really is what marriage is. It's not um, doing it for each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> but being a support and encouragement um, to be that safe place um, where you're, I love how you said, I, I could read his facial expressions after that. Mm-hmm. You became highly more attuned uh, to where each other, like words weren't even necessary at yeah. that point, but also the patience of, I see you struggling and I'm willing to wait it out until you're ready to invite me into it. Uh, it doesn't mean that he was blocking you out or, you know, yeah. there's some things that we can leap to in the process, especially in the insecurity of the what ifs, right? Because we're already going through all of these questions of what if this, what if that, you know, we play the worst case scenario was the worst thing that could happen. And then we can live there and then really start uh, getting um, agitated uh, and hypervigilant about every single um, expression and comment and interaction. Um, so I love I love the side by side aspect of your story. Um, what are maybe two or three things that you would recommend if if you heard another couple was facing the same thing? Um, what two to three things would you say these are essential for you guys to pursue if you want to do this well together? The biggest part I would say is having a faith in having Jesus walk in that like side by side by side with mm-hmm. you. Like without that aspect, I don't think we would have made it through, honestly. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Like that was, to me, that's the cornerstone of why our journey was successful through that. Yeah. I love that you brought that up first because uh, I wanted to go there next. Uh, <laughs> because I really love, love the faith aspect. Um, I've heard a little bit about it. So I'm going to turn to Nick here and ask you to share really um, where the best marriages are complete in the triune relationship with God himself. And uh, if that is not part of your story, just know that you're leaving yourselves at a disadvantage. Um, But in these moments is when not only are do we have this opportunity to grow in relation to each other, but we have this great um, potential 
opportunity for growing in our relationship with God to make that that triangle a lot smaller and tighter um, so that we can see the fruit of that in the years to come. And so Nick, talk to me about how that impacted your relationship with God and how he showed up in your story. Oh, we'll start beginning of 2017. Um, I wasn't always a Jesus person. Um, I would say I'm still relatively new. Um, But beginning of 2017, Tara and I both did a fast. Um, And I was fasting for a child because... As Tara mentioned, we were we were trying, and it didn't happen as quick as the first one. So, <laughs> you know, there is probably a little bit of fear in that. Mm. Um, the the why? Yeah. Um. Mm. So fasted, and then on the twenty second, I was baptized. Um, and the story is still very fresh because yeah. <laughs> doing journey this week, so <laughs> talking a lot about it. Um, I thought I gave my life to Jesus, um, but I found out pretty quick I I was I didn't. Mm. Um, it took this story to break me completely down and realize it wasn't me. It wasn't I, it wasn't Tara. It wasn't anybody that could get us through that. It was completely surrendering and saying, I can't do this. I'm, I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you. Um, take the wheel. Uh, take my hand. It's on you. Yeah. Um, and when I did that, there's a sense of peace in our life, my life. I, I, I can't speak for Tara because she didn't surrender when I did. Yeah. But there's a sense of peace in the chaos. Yeah. Um, it was humbling. It was awkward. Mm-hmm. It was a peace I've never felt before. Mm-hmm. Even in that crap storm we're in. Mm-hmm. And I'm smiling talking about this, which is yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It, it was yeah, good. it's that moment of I would have never chosen for us to go through that, but I'm so thankful that we did. As bad as that sounds, yeah, yeah. yeah that I had the opportunity to know myself better, to mo- know my spouse better, but to know God better, and to receive the freedom. Um, that comes with that. I, I know often, you know, you hear of um, couples who don't make it through storms like this, that they just completely fall apart and there's a lot of resentment and bitterness and anger toward one another. And I think the core of that is really that we place an expectation on another person who is human flesh that we should not have placed on them, that we we shoved a burden into their lap that they couldn't have possibly uh, contained or provided. And some of that is the perspective we enter into marriage with it. You know, this is my knight in shining armor, or this is the one that'll complete me. And when we see our humanity, uh, when we see our flaws, when we see the struggles, that can be really disorienting, um, but really destructive of whatever ideal we had in our mind, meaning that we had our eyes on the wrong person as our savior. (laughs) And when we have our eyes on the right person as our savior, now both of us are looking in the right direction to draw on the strength that only he can provide for us. And so I love, I love what I love about your story is that God intersected with you at the point of pain. And all of us have this opportunity, this moment, this, um, this uh, dark night that we are are faced with. All of us, it may not be cancer, uh, but it is something different for every single person and every single marriage. And the question is, what are you going to do? 
What are you going to choose? Are you going to try to uh, take this fight on on your own? Or are you going to come alongside the person that you chose to be your partner for life, to be your ezer, to be the one who has your back, to actually go, hey, here's the struggle we're facing and I need you right beside me. And this is the direction that we're going. Are we in agreement? Yes and amen. And let's go. But also that we actually draw on the one who is the source, who gives us the strength, who gives us the insight, who gives us the wisdom, who gives us supernatural and unrealistic, unexplainable support in ways that we couldn't have foreseen or anticipated. Um, I think generosity and kindness are the most disarming things that you encounter when you're going through a hard time where you see um, a community start to rally and gather around you that you would never have anticipated or asked for. It's like God like breaks you down with overwhelming kindness and generosity to let you know that not only is he there for you and with you, but that there is a multitude and a cloud of witnesses who are there with you as well. Um, So tell me the second and third. One, faith is the one thing that you would say you need to have faith if you're going to make it through. What's the second thing? I would say communication followed by grace. Mm, So good. Yeah, just good. Those, those are those are my three. <laughs> Tara probably has two different words, no. but I, yeah, communication would be another big one for me. Um, and then I would say, like for for me, well, I know for both of us, um, kind of going back to what you just said about the community that shows up yeah. is that vulnerability and being open to accepting the blessings of other people. Mm. Um, Cause that was a point that we both honestly struggled with a little bit. Like, you know, people would be, do you need anything? Oh, we're fine. You're like we're good, you know? Yeah. And, and then we didn't mean to be mean about it, yeah. you know, like, cause there were times yeah. where everything yeah. were, was going as well as it could be going in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody said like, you can't take somebody's blessing, like you can't take the ability of somebody to be a blessing away from, mm-hmm. a blessing to you away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of an eye opener. So just being vulnerable enough to ask for help when it was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but to accept it. And but to accept offered. it, yeah, when it's offered, exactly. Yeah. And not, um, not try to get through it just as our little, as the two of us, right? Right. And just be like, yep, we're, we're fine. We've got it. We've got it. But to, opening up to that community that God has placed there around us. Yeah, that's a good point. You can really uh, stand on the hill of it's us against the world, right? Mm -hmm. And then cut yourself off from some of the help that, you know, that maybe God has sent your way. Like, actually, you need some help. And so I prompted this person who came to your door knocking that day. But I will say um, for anyone who's like going through their mind right now, um, and asking, you know, who is it around me that maybe is going through a hard time right now? How can, who can I extend some help to? Um, sometimes offering help and saying, what do you need is just another thing for you to figure out yep. when you're trying to balance and remember which medications to take when you're not feeling well, you're just trying to feed your children. And so um, I would say, think of three things that if someone did it for you, you would find it as to be a blessing. Um, and mind you, once we break down the walls of somebody who actually we're challenging them to accept help when they do need something specific, they'll think of it. But until then, can you give them three options? Hey, I want to help you out. Here's A, B, and C that I can do for you. Which one would you like? Yep. It just gives you like this relief, right? I remember um, somebody dropping off a card with a gift card for food that for a restaurant. And I just remember feeling like, uh, I had autonomy. Like I wasn't receiving something someone did for me to feed my, like other people were feeding my kids. Like that night I could feed my kids because I could dial the number, order what we wanted and I provided sort of yep. for them, right? And so there's so many different ways. Don't think that, oh, I don't know how to make a casserole dish. And I'm sure they've had enough casserole dishes and they just want some Jimmy John's today, yeah. right? Yeah. Anything that you could possibly do that you would enjoy yourself, those are the things that you can offer up. But I love that you said grace, that we need grace um, for each other. And so tell me, how does that play out? Like, how did that play out um, as you're facing things together? Um, On my side, 
of the story. Um, as Tara mentioned, there's good and bad days. Um, and some of the medications made her short. Um, <laughs> trying to think. The edited version. <laughs> Steroids are not my friend. <laughs> it wasn't her doing. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been healthy for me to react because the medications gave right. her an adverse reaction sure. to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to me. <laughs> or who was ever in front of her at the time. It's it's not fair to me to get upset in that situation. Mm-hmm. And you know, it wasn't it's not fair for Tara to get on me for the weight that was on my shoulder at the time. If it got overbearing, if I got short for some reason or upset because the house was a mess. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Everybody is okay. Yeah. I was going to say healthy, but that would have been a good word. <laughs> um, we're we're doing okay. Who yeah. cares if there's dishes? Who cares if there's shoes in the entryway? Who who cares if there's laundry to be done? That's nothing. Um, so just having that grace with each other, so it, you didn't turn. An anthill into a mountain. Yeah, I, I think what you're naming there, and I, I hadn't associated it with it before you described it, was that um, these types of adversities help us to shed what's not important and focus on what absolutely oh. is. It's mm-hmm. life and death. And at the end of the day, if I just got fast forwarded to the point that I thought I had 60, 70 years to, that on my in the face of death itself, this which was a real possibility. What would I have said was most important? How did I want to live my life? Mm-hmm. And I think um, this situation for sure brings you to that point. Another way um, I've heard it said is focus on the majors, not the minors. Right? Yeah. What are the major things in your life? What are the minor things that we just need to let go of and we need to stop getting caught up in them because we're missing out on some really great things when we do. We can get caught up in the humdrum and the daily activities and responsibilities of life, but this situation brings everything to the surface of what's important and everything else falls away. And it's not just facing cancer. There are many different, like I said, the dark nights of the soul, the moments that you had to face that you felt like you were going to break that really helped you to see things more clearly, uh, that you can witness um, other individuals who have not had that moment yet and how much they're missing out on. And so in as much as we say, I would never choose to do this again, I'm so glad I did because you uh, got catapulted, you got propelled into really being able to live a fuller life, a much more appreciative life, but a life that's more open and full of love uh, than ever before. For sure. It definitely realigned priorities. Um, So it went anywhere from like I quit my job and I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, you know, and Mm -hmm. so there's that big change. And so that meant financial changes and, um, but just, yeah, just making sure then that like the, like we don't have Monday dates anymore and making sure that we're, you know, keeping that a priority and, um, you know, just like you said, everything kind of came to a head and then you were able to like look at everything and say, well, that doesn't, in the grand scheme, that mm-hmm. means nothing. Like, so we right. need to focus our energies and our time on the things that do matter. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, when we have these moments, uh, we can truly take advantage of them. In fact, I don't even know that it's an option. I feel like so many things just fall away and everything's so much clearer. But you don't have to have um, this big event in your life to actually take the time to actually do exactly these things Mm -hmm. that Tara and Nick have shared with us that really that's what Journey to Wholeness is all about in that can we take an inventory of what's important and what maybe isn't, what maybe has hindered us and what uh, we can work on and and shed away any of the burdens and the baggage and and the preoccupations that we've been carrying that um, aren't allowing us to live the full marriage and the intimacy 
honesty and the vulnerability uh, and the trust that can be developed um, if we would just take time uh, to focus on those things. So before we close, I I think you might have caught in the story that not only did they go through this once, (laughs) but it came back and uh, they went through it again. And so talk to me about, okay, how did you face that? And what is it in your heart today that um, helps you because I'm sure that there's um, a whisper of doubt uh, that uh, probably invites itself into um, your arena that says, and what if this happens again? And so tell me how collectively you um, have dealt with round two, but then how is it that you face those fears today together? I think I can speak for both of us where we had, you know, we had the mentality, especially after round one, where there's a reason for this. Mm-hmm. Like God doesn't punish us, right. but he does sometimes allow us to go through not great things, you know, mm-hmm. trials. And the Bible doesn't say it's going to be sunshine and rainbows all right. the time, right? So um, there was a purpose. There was a reason that we went through it once and there was a reason that we went through it again. And, you know, we might not ever see the grand scheme of it, um, but to be open to looking for those little things where you're like, had this not happened, I wouldn't have been able to do this, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't have been able to walk with this person through it as they went through it. Um, so I think that that was a big thing was just keeping in mind that there's, we don't understand it. We might not ever know. We might not ever understand, but there's a reason for this. And we just have to trust God. And that was a, like my slogan, let go, let God. Mm. And just, yeah. So There's a reason we're still talking about our story. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. If we can take our experiences and bless others with that, I yes. think, uh, I think that's the, sole reason that I have our guests here today who agreed to come on and talk about this because it's definitely their story and um, uh, a gift to us uh, to be able to hear it. Uh, You know, as you were talking, I thought, um, I was reminded that often some of the hardest things that we go through may seem um, unfair or unjust or confusing or, but really what it is, is that our body was made to heal and that there are times that there are things in our body that we may not have been aware of that God allows to come to the surface because he's a thorough God. Um, He is also an intentional God and his his will and his desire and, and his hope for us is that we would be fully healed. And so if this needed to come to the surface as you started your faith walks so that he could reinforce that relationship with you to give you a trust uh, to to let you know that this is what I desire for you, but also this, I'm not going to allow this to stay in your body longer than is necessary. And that he saw in you um, and in all of us, this potential for if you let me in, if you walk with me in this, I will bring to you a full healing, not just in your body, um, but also in all of the things that you were doubting and hadn't trusted me in yet and hadn't started walking with me. And so um, back to you know what you shared, Nick, is that he knew that you needed a more intimate relationship with him too. And he knew how far uh, it would take, uh, but also how far he could take you without breaking you, but bringing you into relationship. And I just love that he knows us so intimately um, because he created us, um, that he won't settle for less than the best for us because that's the kind of God that we have. Yeah, And I think too, like that you were mentioned, like that, that doubt, that whisper, well, if it comes back a third time, like, mm-hmm. I mean... We both just shrugged our shoulders. <laughs> it, it is what it is. I don't yeah. have any control over that. So I'm not going to spend my time worrying yes. about it. I mean, not that I don't. Like mm-hmm. that would be a lie if yeah. I didn't. You know, I go in for my yearly scans and it's always, you know, the sure. day or two the before. Apprehension. Yeah, you're like, oh gosh. Or when the doctor walks into the office, you're just like, are we going to have a repeat? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's a choice whether or not you entertain those yes. thoughts or yep. if you say no. Uh, I'm not going to give you my time and energy. Yeah. yeah, and it's okay. So if it does come back, I know what the next steps are. That was explained to us 
the second time it came back. So yeah. if it comes back, I know exactly where I'm heading. I know the direction that we're taking. Yeah. Um, but the I also know that the longer I can go without it coming back, the better my outlook looks. Yes. And that it's it's out of my control. And mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm not gonna allow those negative thoughts to hold a space in my mind. Yeah. I, I think I'd add to that it's out of your control, but uh it's never out of God's. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest lesson. Um, and the testimony in your stories um, that um, you have walked with each other and with God and and you've come out um, better for it. Um, and so even in the sickness and health, I know that's the part that we say and maybe say a little lower or we say between clenched teeth because we really don't want to deal with the sickness, um, that really it it can be a blessing <laughs> to your future um, if we know and trust the God uh, who provides and who heals. So I'm going to end with a quote. It's by Charles Stanley, and I think it just speaks so well to what we were talking about today. Um, it says, Adversity is not simply a tool. It is God's most effective tool for the advancement of our spiritual lives. The circumstances and events that we see as setbacks are oftentimes the very things that launch us into periods of intense spiritual growth. Once we begin to understand this and accept it as a spiritual fact of life, adversity becomes easier to bear. So So thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you sharing with us um, and talking to our audience about what is it we do now. uh, You have uh, some a story to listen to and know that you can do this as well, that you have a God who cares and who's with you, but you also have a spouse next to you um, who you uh, pledged yourself to and who is your partner in this. And you can be your best selves for each other. So thanks for listening today to our uh, episode on In Sickness and In Health. Uh, Please share, like, or or let someone know uh, who may be struggling or facing um, some of the same consequences that uh, this is something that they should uh, tune into and listen to. And we'll hear and see from or see you all next week. Thanks for joining us for our relationship series. Do you have a question you'd like us to address on the podcast? Email us at becky at j2wholeness.org. The letter J, the number two, wholeness.org. Please rate, review, and share this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at j2 underscore wholeness. The whole podcast is a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to equip you to face life's challenges. For more information about online resources, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats, visit our website at j2wholeness.org, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org.